Welcome to Digital Hospitality presented by U.S. Foods. My name is Sean Walchep, founder of Cali Barbecue Media. Our mission with this show, our mission with this podcast is to help business owners understand what is digital hospitality. Digital hospitality is every business needs to be digital first and every business needs to be in the hospitality business. Now, if you're in the restaurant business, we have a competitive advantage because we have hospitality in our DNA. So you have a competitive advantage. The restaurant owners, there are a lot of things that we are learning how to do better, leveraging technology in today's day and age in 2022 to figure out how do we reach more people. Every every restaurant, you have to take care of your village. Every business, you have to take care of your village. But you also have to use all the tools that are available in the smartphone. And that's what we do on this show. Um, today, we have some very special guests from the OB Barbecue House in yeah. Ocean Beach, San Diego. Um, we have Melvin Atala and Davin Atala. Welcome to the show, you guys. Right on. Thanks, Thanks for having us. us. Dude, so happy to have you guys on. I mean, one of the coolest things about this show is I get to talk to entrepreneurs, business owners, and people that are out there playing the game within the game. You guys have been in business since 1991. So obviously you've figured out something about sustainability. It, you can't be in this business for that long. You can't be in the restaurant business. You can't serve a community unless you guys have found the formula. Can you tell, uh, tell, the, tell the people that are listening just a little bit about um, how it all started? So Barbecue House, when we started in 91, uh, my father, he had, he had a business partner at first. The guy was like a doctor who didn't care about the restaurant, but my dad was there day to day handling the operations. And after like five years, it's still, you know, it was a struggle. Like you said, it's one of the hardest businesses to keep afloat. You got to figure out, you know, how to, first how to get the word out and how to spread to everybody. Yeah. So um, there was a day when the doctor wanted to sell and my dad, he, he knew there was something special about the barbecue house. So he figured it out. He got all his money together, borrowed some and bought out the doctor. Now, um, a couple months later, we were on a TV show called the unknown eater and cool. uh, channel eight news. And Very that cool. really gave us a buzz. It had a line going out the door the next day. Cause at the time it was a big show. There was a lot of followers for that show. So he kind of gave us the push start that we needed. Yep. And then we took it from there. We just kept growing. At that time, mind you, we had seating for six people inside of the restaurant. Wow. It was a true hole in the wall. <laughs> yeah. <true laughs> and also, wall. mind you, that back then, there weren't as many barbecue spots also back in 91. Yeah. This is you the know, truth. There was probably a handful in San Diego at that time, you know. So our dad... He saw the potential and he saw that, you know, this has a future, you know, it's huge. Guys were pioneering back in the day. How old were you guys when, when, when you, when you opened up, were you working was, in the business? Uh, I was 13 when I first, it was the first day we opened. It was in May, uh, 1991. I, I skipped 11. school that day. I remember <laughs> <laughs> like a good son. You know, the, the, sure. the funny thing is that the first night, you know, back then we didn't have all these controlled, uh, smokers, with the temperature oh, and the gas, you know, I mean, our old school smoker was built. My dad built it out of a stainless steel freezer. Wow. Yeah. So like the first night, you know, it was really, my dad was really worried. You know, we had charcoal wood and he didn't know, 
you know, how hot it was going to get. It was going to yep. burn the place down. <laughs> so I remember we actually yeah. spent the night in the restaurant the, wow. the, the night before we opened. And I made it a point, like, I'm not going to school the next day, dad, I'm staying. And my mom was like, no, you're going to school. But my dad said, you know what? <laughs> Go the, ahead. Let him, let him right stay. <laughs> we stay. And I remember, like, I remember that really, uh, really vivid. It was cool. But that was the first, first day. So did you, did you start by working on the weekends? Both of you? How, how did you, how did you both grow up? Because I grew up in my family business and that was the restaurant business. I was, I was actually 14 years old when I was busting tables and washing dishes at our breakfast restaurant. And I told my grandfather and grandmother, like, I do not want to do this. Like, I was the only one in my high school that was like, out every weekend driving out to spring Valley to bust tables and to right, wash dishes. Right. I actually, um, I learned at about 14 years old, how to ride the bus, the, the public transportation. And I mean, I would say at least three days out of the week, besides the weekends, I would after school end up getting on wow. the bus, hitting up the trolley, getting <laughs> to OB. I, I just had to make my way there, you know, because after we close, I'd get catch a ride with Pops, you know, home. Yep. But yeah, I mean, I was 13, at least, you know, four days a week helping helping my dad out, you know. Wow. And how about you? I was 10 or 11, so I wasn't helping out at first. I would go yep. to the arcade across the street and ask my dad for a few bucks. <laughs> you know, I'll just mess around, have some fun. But after a couple of years of that, now I'm like 13 and my dad actually needs a you're, little you're more up, help. You're of age. You're yep. of age at 13. <laughs> yep. You know, I, I remember... I don't know if you started at this, but I used to work the whole day and make $5. Yeah. yeah. That's the whole day. That's how much <laughs> yeah. we used to make. <laughs> well, like I would help out as much as I can. Mind you, at that time, sales were probably three, $400 in the whole day also. For sure. Um, For like, sure. We're, we're trying to get by, but it was definitely a family operation. My sister worked there. My cousins, we had a few cousins that worked with us yeah. and we kept it tight, but that's, how we grew it's always always been owner operated hands-on even until today yeah so for 30 years we've been there we you know it's i mean the place is not going to run as smoothly as you want it unless you're there you know you're given the love you're given the authenticity of of your uh, product you know can you guys talk about Ocean Beach, you know, the community, because we have people that listen to this show all over the world and it doesn't matter where your restaurant is or your business is, you know, it's so important to take care of your village, to take yeah, care of your community. Absolutely. What is, what does Ocean Beach mean to your guys' family? It's our second home. Um, since we have been our whole lives, you know, having the restaurant Ocean Beach, it's always been a second home to us. Uh, sometimes it feels like the primary residence, honestly. <laughs> Probably spend more time there than at home. But Ocean Beach is such a cool community. Yeah. The vibe there ever since back in the day has always been so relaxed, so chill. People don't judge. Um, and it's kind of a like a, what do you call it? A circle pot or, or whatever from people all, all over the world. They end up in Ocean Beach because yep. they hear about this cool community. And once people, and even people who don't know about the community, once they make it to OB and they catch the vibe, a lot of them never make it out. They just, they don't want to leave. It's a really, really real close, close uh, uh, community in OB. Everybody knows each other. Sunset Cliffs is huge. Um, 
really nice views, breathtaking views, bunch of parking lots that you could park in and a lot of nice jogging areas, like just a lot, a lot to do. And it's, it's beautiful. We love OB. Do you remember growing up when you went from working there part-time to going, I'm going to go all in and I'm going to help dad. And this is like, this is, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't have a choice. <laughs> 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 From day one, it was all in. You've been chosen. Chosen. <laughs> barbecue is in your blood forever. <laughs> the barbecue house chose us. Yes, we didn't the barbecue, choose the barbecue house, but we wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah, <laughs> we grew into it. You know, yeah. Seriously, I don't think an we'd amazing, have it any other way. It's an amazing feeling being there and hearing the feedback from the guests, you know, how much they love the food and seeing people return. It's just, it really fills our hearts, you know. It's a special place for us. It's not just a restaurant. It's not just our source of income. It's really our hearts are in this place. You know, also, it's, it's the true definition of an American dream. Yeah. Um, from where our parents came from, you know, they came, you know, from the Middle East. We're Middle Eastern. Mm -hmm. And so we didn't have nothing when we came in, you know, we were struggling. And my dad started this business from scratch, you know, 1991. So I think it's a, it's a lot of pride also for us to continue our father's legacy yeah. at the same Definitely. time, you know, um, like I said, it's a true American dream. And I mean, you've been in business for 30, you know, restaurants come and go. Oh, yeah, so absolutely. You're, you're, you're lucky to make it one home. year, let alone 31. Exactly. So for 30 years, we've got to be doing something right. And, you know, <laughs> mind you, this is also like we've never been big on social media. You know, our main advertisement all this time is like word to mouth. Yep. You know, and that's oh, and yeah. that's how we've gotten to where we are best, today. Best you know, but yep. now me and my brother, you know, uh, we about what, eight years ago, we did the remodel pretty much retired our father how did how did he take that he's still he's retired but he shows up every day every single day he's still he clocks there. in every day he comes cracks the whip yeah watching the cameras he's, of course he helps out with a lot of the back end stuff yeah. too yeah but he's not on the front lines anymore and that's yeah. still really good for sure he, yeah he put in his time and then when we did our remodel, we doubled in size. So that original location we were talking about had seating for six, right? That was a 10-year lease. After being there for 12 years, we got kicked out because someone we lost our the building. We lost yeah. our uh. lease. This place called Wings uh, came in and bought this monumental uh, historical was, theater yeah. that we used to be a little part of. It, it was, was called the Strand Theater in Ocean Beach. The Strand. Yep. Um, you can see two movies for two ninety nine. <laughs> wow! At that time, two Double movies. Matinee. <laughs> Double matinee for two ninety nine. Yeah, it's not very profitable business. Before we left that place, we did have a spot in Mission Beach, right by the roller coaster uh -huh. on Belmont Park. So we had a spot going. We had two locations going for a year or two, and when we lost the Ocean Beach one, we were devastated because that's where we started. That's where our heart was. Mission Beach was cool, um, but we just didn't feel the same there. And we couldn't come back to Ocean Beach. We couldn't afford it 
but when we found a location that we it was like closer to the ocean than the old one yep. it was bigger it was everything we wanted so we sold our mission beach location and put all that money into coming back to our home just to go beach. back to Ovi. Wow. we didn't we couldn't have it any other way if we had to choose one or the other we had to stay in Ovi. yep and then that location we ran for almost 15 years before we got a liquor license finally. We had a Amazing. beer and wine, but we yep. got a liquor license, but we had no room for a bar. So we leased the place next door, blew out the wall, but we did a major renovation. I'm talking nothing existing state, like wow. everything remodeled, the kitchen, the front of the house that we created the bar. We put TVs everywhere. So now it's like a sports theme. And even though we're seasonal because we're by the beach, yep. now I have football during the winter that brings people in and, yep. you know, sports. We're just doing what we can to engage and keep people coming, give them a reason to come besides the amazing food, um, you know, give them another reason to be there and come during cold days, winter days. We got to keep it going, you know. Our community supports us and Ocean Beach is a very tight community. We have a lot of locals and they all love us and support us. So we thank you for all that. Absolutely. Um, that's what keeps us going. Yep. OB love. OB love. And then we have a lot of people that are not from OB that come down and support us. Too. Well, I mean, OB is such we an incredible, San Diego it's such an incredible place to visit. And you guys are right on Newport and you've done such a beautiful job with the renovations. I think, you. you know, for people that are listening can you talk about the process of reinvesting back into your business? Because I think a lot of people, it's a scary thing to do. You know, when you've been doing it for as long as you've been doing it, it's kind of like doubling down. It is. And uh, it, it took a lot of loans to do that remodel. Yep. yep. So it kind of was like back to square one when my dad originally had started. Now we're yep. in debt, like a major debt, which, we're still in a little bit, but it's gotten a lot better, you know? Yep. Um, yeah, reinvesting is scary sometimes, but even till this day, even with us still being a little bit in debt from the original remodel, we're still making improvements here and there because yep. we do know the importance. You want to put that money back into your business to improve your business, yep. to improve the facade of it, to improve the atmosphere, you know, the ambiance and all that because these days that's just as important as the food now yep everything has to look amazing too because everyone's taking pictures of everything so you want your presentation to be on point and it's just so yeah we we just recently um we invested in redoing our signage out front we re um our awning was all rusted and like breaking so we did that we have the new streetery patio which looks really nice out front and it catches a lot of attention. It actually added 50 more seats to my restaurant. Oh, wow. That was an amazing addition. And Huge. it catches the eye when people drive by because now we're on the street, you know, on the sidewalk so, or on the street. And we have part of the sidewalk. It's a really big patio. So. so a lot of people that listen to this show, we talk about relationships. Relationships are so important in, in business. And so many times people talk about their vendors and their vendor relationships. We say vendor partner. 
and we have primary partners. One of the difficult lessons that I learned early on running our barbecue restaurant in San Diego was understanding that I couldn't have my kitchen manager going to Restaurant Depot every single day. I couldn't have Cisco coming in every day, U.S. Foods coming in, having all these different partners going against each other. That was when I started reading magazines and articles about people having a primary food vendor relationship. And I remember working with U.S. Foods, actually working with with Brad from U.S. Foods and him saying, I'm going to come in and I'm going to do a bunch of things that you wouldn't expect me to do. And he started helping our business. He literally started coming in to our manager meetings, started, I'd ask him questions. He would go back and do all kinds of work. And then after Brad left, we got Joe. Joe was absolutely incredible for us. And then we had Gabe. I know you guys work with U.S. Foods. Can you talk to people that own businesses and talk about this relationship that a business owner can have with a partner like U.S. Foods? U.S. Foods is actually a partner that has done a lot for us, and we do take advantage of that partnership a lot, and we suggest other restaurants do the same. Uh, For instance, we have had a couple times before where U.S. Foods, we tell them, you know, we feel like something we're not doing right, maybe, so they send us a restaurant consultant, and sure enough, we learned a lot from these two consultants, so we had one, and then things were good. And then there was another time where we had more questions. So we, they sent us another one and we learned a lot from these guys. We took advantage. It's something that's included with your U.S. food partnership. Yep. So why not take advantage of this stuff? Um, I also have like someone coming in from U.S. food. He's going to help me out and send me a nutritionist. That's going to help me figure out what's really gluten-free, what's we want to put symbols on the menu so yep. we can have like all the nutrition facts, but professionally done, you know? You just want to make it easy There's for the so consumer. Once they look at your menu, everything is detailed right then and there because that's what people like these days. Simplicity, yep. oh, yeah. And they want it to be oh, easy. Yeah. So, you know, that's one of the, the tools that we're using is through U.S. Foods to get that. How did you learn to lean on your partners? Because one of the things that I teach restaurant owners and business owners is that it's hard to do too, as a man, as a man and an entrepreneur, as a business owner, like, I don't want to sound stupid. I don't want to look stupid. I want to have all the answers. But as I got older, I realized I need to ask for help with things that I don't know. And when I can reach out to U.S. Foods or I can reach out to Toast, my primary point of sale partner, or I can reach out to Ovation. Once I started learning, the more that I can ask of my partners, the more they can't read my mind. It's impossible. I can't even my wife can't even read my mind. I can't read my own mind. How did you guys learn how to lean on your partners? You know, um, Joe is is an amazing rep. Uh, Before him, we had a rep who just retired not too long ago. His name was Ben Anderson. So shout out to Ben also. A1. A1, Ben. He was our rep for literally over 30 years. Before my dad started the barbecue restaurant, he had like a family restaurant in La Mesa. Wow. Ben Ben was our rep. And he became like family friend and was just amazing. So anytime he left companies, like for instance, we were with Cisco for a, a point in time. And it's uh, it's because he was there with them. Yep. But then a majority of, you know, the end of his career before he retired, a majority of that time was with U.S. Foods. Yep. And I'll tell you, U.S. Foods, 
when he was with Cisco, I don't think they offered all these things because they weren't yep. doing anything extra. This partnership with U.S. Foods, ever since he came over, we came over. And since he was so close to us, he would always be involved in if he's seen us stressing, we don't know something or, you know what I mean? He'll be like, hey, I got restaurant consultant I can send to you. Yep. So it was stuff like that that he would realize and he would tell us what's available. And even um, like Toast, your partnership, Toast is available if you're a U.S. food partner. Yep. Correct. They'll give you half off of all your equipment. Yep. Which is amazing. And we're going to make that switch after finding out. We'll be probably switching over to Toast soon. Amazing. Very uh, cool. And then Joe, you know, Joe, when he took over our account when Ben retired, and Joe's amazing too. And he's the one that's been uh, doing a lot of stuff also. He's going to help us with some menu designing stuff that U.S. food offers for free, like just such good stuff that you would normally probably be paying a good chunk for. Yep. If you weren't doing it through U.S. food. So, no, that's, that's really good to have all these things for the businesses and please engage with your rep all yes. restaurants out there engage with your rep ask your rep because a lot of the times they're not going to ask you depending correct on the ship so ask them don't they be afraid don't be afraid to ask questions do not be afraid the only way you're gonna know that's there's correct. Ask questions, and there's nothing wrong with asking asking questions. Sure. Well, it's you know it's it's interesting too because I mean you guys have been in business long enough to remember when your dad probably went through, counted everything in the restaurant, sat down with the U.S. foods rep, and the U.S. foods rep was the only person that could input that order into their proprietary software. Like now, literally, you guys can go on your U.S. foods online. account, order online, order whatever you want, and now in Instead of Joe or Brad or anybody coming to sit down to waste that time, now they can spend time on the things that we need. Exactly. We need to fix our menu. We need to fix our hospitality. We need to fix our digital. We need to fix our signboards. Now you can actually use these resources and the best companies understand that and they're leveraging their employees, the people that are smart enough that have worked with enough restaurants because all of these reps, they work with so many restaurants. They see restaurants that are failing. They see restaurants like you guys that have been in business for 30 years and they go, hey, yeah. dude, these guys have figured it out. You should do what they're doing. And then they pass that information off. The best of the best, like you said, those are the ones that we trust. And those are the ones that we need to lean more on. Right. When you're thinking about what your dad taught you about running the business, we think about lessons and stories. Can you give each of you, give me a, a lesson that he taught you? If he, was, if he was teaching a class on how to run a restaurant, what are the things that you're like, oh, my dad, like in the beginning, when you're, when you're young, it's like my grandfather, he would tell me these things. I'm like, grandpa, I, I got it. Don't worry about it. And then now he's passed, but I think about these things and I'm like, oh, he was right. <laughs> oh, he was right. I knew he was right. <laughs> I shouldn't have argued with him. Well, there's, there's only one thing that comes to mind for me. <laughs> And this is one thing that he always used to say. If I did it, it's for a reason. <laughs> if I did it, it's for a reason. Yeah. If I do it, it's for a reason. At, at the end of the day, it worked out. Yes. <laughs> you know, no matter how many times we doubted him or how many times, you know, we would want to change this or that, he would set it up and, and make it. And he said, look, I did this for a reason and it, it would work out. 
Yeah. You know, that's just one thing that would that sticks out right off the bat. You didn't always have to tell you the reason. No, <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> how about how about you, Melvin? What's something what's something you can remember from him? You know, just like as far as like handling money and stuff. Sure. If even if someone's short just a little bit, you want to make a big deal of it because every little bit counts. Yep. Um Whenever we used to get orders in of certain things, meat, whatever, things like that, we, I, I wouldn't always check them in. I wouldn't always check the weights. And he would always tell me, no, you have to. This is business. Accountability. He taught me accountability. You know, like sometimes the weights are wrong on those boxes. Yep. The packer mislabeled something and now you're, you're getting shorted. So. And you're paying for it. So checking things in, accountability, uh, making sure there are systems in place that minimize theft, minimize mistakes, you know, not necessarily just that, but mistakes, because sometimes people don't know they're making these mistakes, but you always want to set some kind of a system in place to correct things and moving forward, you know? Yeah. So can you guys tell me, how do you work so closely with your brother? <laughs> and not kill and not kill each other he works during the day i work at night <laughs> <laughs> two two ships and then partying in the night time <laughs> as i'm going in he's leaving and we're good <laughs> oh, that's uh, why we stayed together for 30 years that's how that's how it works that's fair enough that's fair enough oh, what what uh what kind of advice would you give to somebody that's listening to this podcast we have a lot of people that want to open up a business what kind of advice would you give to somebody that that wants that's ready to jump off the cliff some advice to someone who's getting into the business who's yeah who wants who wants to open up a restaurant oh back up man don't jump off that cliff <laughs> Go If you're not in the business already and you and if, if you have another skill set, the, the, the restaurant business is a tough one. I've seen yes. it. I've had people uh, open restaurants. I've seen it break them down. I've seen the breakdown where the owners sit in there one day crying like yes this is a tough business to run and i can't say it hasn't happened to us in the past i mean it is it's been a long time and you know the longer you do it the more you get it down you get the flow of things and everything runs smoothly but in the beginning they do say no matter how well you do in the first year or two it doesn't matter if you can stay open i think it's four years then you're a successful restaurant four or yeah. five years like doesn't matter what's going on in the beginning, but you need to stay open for four or five years to be a successful restaurant. It's don't get me wrong. If you have a passion for it, you have a good location and you know what you're doing by all means, you know, open up a restaurant, but it is a tough business. And you, you got to have patience also, and lot, you've got to stay lot. consistent, you know, Very patience important. and consistency is one of the, one of the keys, you know, I mean, you can't, you can't bring yourself down because you had one bad day or two bad days out of the week. You know, those are going to come, you know, I mean, it took my, our father, you know, a good eight, eight to 10 years before the place actually, you know, got recognized, you know, by that, uh, news eight, um, guy, uh, yeah. unknown eater. Um, you just got to have patience and you've got to be consistent. And nowadays, 
it's it's really about social media too you know you've got to be all over social media you've got to be you know just you've got to be there with everything yeah yep. you know and with that hold with the consistency hold your standards high if and teach your managers your standards very well because they're the ones that are there when you're not there yeah i know you said earlier it doesn't run the same when the owners are not there which is always true in any business but if your managers are trained correctly, right. then it, it can run, you know, very smooth while you're not there. You got to make sure if somebody overcooks something, you don't let them send it out. You make them yeah. remake it because that's going to make them want to not burn it in the future in a big rush because they they don't want to work twice as hard, double making everything. One so of the things we always, standards we always tell our, uh, our line cooks and chefs, if you wouldn't eat it, do not send it out. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, Very absolutely. Simple as that. It's as simple as that. If you wouldn't eat that meal that you're about to send out, why send it out? Why, why would you make one of our customers, consumers yeah. eat that? You know, you're trying to have that customer's business, not just today, but repetitive in yeah. the future. It's building, yep. it's building a relationship with your clientele. Yeah, absolutely. So, we have people that listen all over the world. We're so fortunate. We're grateful that people tune into this show. Uh, if they come and visit San Diego and they go to the barbecue house in Ocean Beach and they come and they go, Melvin, Davin, what do I get? What do I order? Tell me. Barbecue burrito has been my recommendation. It's our signature for item. so long because it's my favorite. Like my wife and her family, everybody we've introduced it to. It's just, it's different, you know? It's yeah. got coleslaw beans, your choice of brisket, pulled pork, jerk chicken, or pit ham, and barbecue sauce, all wrapped in a large butter flour tortilla. Yeah. And it's just the crunch from the coleslaw with the sweetness from the baked beans. Yeah. And just like everything goes so well together in there. So definitely that. Um, can't go wrong with the ribs or the brisket or the pulled pork, you know, also, you know, but that's like one of our yeah. signature items that our dad came up with long, long time yeah. ago. I still remember he, and he been, said, uh, the most common plate sold is a barbecue sandwich with coleslaw and beans. It was the most common size. Yep. So he's like, if everybody loves that, let's throw it together in a wrap. Yeah. <laughs> and it just worked out great. It worked out great. <laughs> that works out phenomenal. Yeah. So what's what's next for you guys? What what are you uh, what are you trying to accomplish in 2022, 2023? Um, you know, right now we just have the one location. Yep. And it's it's been a long time, but I think coming up, we do want to look into opening another location awesome. in San Diego, maybe a little more inland. So we yep. cater to a lot of our guests who don't want to make that drive all the time. Um, but yeah, we need to branch out, open another location as kind of branding local. and branch out branding and branch out. Is I like the branding. I like branding. the shirts and the hats. Yeah, we've been like working it. on branding a lot. My brother, he made these awesome tables with a big burned etched logo in them. We there have, you go. We're, we have a, we're trying to stamp our buns with our logo. Nice. So we're in the process of seeing what's the best way right now to do that. And that, like our logo, that like, goes to social media. Yep. You know, because people, Correct. People, when, when they're sitting down and they get a plate of food, what's the first thing people do these days? Take out they their phone. Their phone yeah. yep. And they take pictures and they take videos. Don't touch and, it. Don't touch you know, it. Yeah, people, yep. they won't even let you eat until they take a video or a picture of it. It's absolutely so, right. You know, it's one of the ways of, yeah. of branding your your brand. You know, it's it's 
oh, through yeah. social media and just like that. And then are you guys doing third-party delivery? Yes. Yeah. yeah. With, with uh, DoorDash, Uber Eats, Grubhub, Easy Cater? All three of those. Um, Easy Cater, I do have an account, but the last, um, I need to like update my menu on there. So currently I have them shut that down. Yep. We're, we got an order in not too long ago. And it was <laughs> The wrong pricing. We had to raise our prices. Um, what three, four months ago, we raised yep. our prices. Oh yeah, for sure, you have it was to. A dramatic increase this time, but we Absolutely. had to. We had yep. to like two, three dollars on some items, and it's literally to to keep us flowing, not to price gouge or to make a fortune off anybody. Yeah. Everybody knows it's not just the meats, it's not just the food products, it's your napkins. It's Deep fryer oil was $20, a big five gallon canister. Now it's 60, you know, over sometimes over 60. Everything has gone up so much. So we have um, to keep up with it. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And, and I hope that consumers understand, you know, if we want to stick around and keep feeding you, there's small oh, changes yeah. that we have to make. And, you know, that's one of them. You know, Absolutely. you're involved. You're involved in a couple of ghost kitchens, right? We are. We have two ghost kitchens, uh, one in Barrio Logan and one in uh, by San Diego State University off of El Cajon Boulevard. So for us, we're trying to figure out how do we get more barbecue to more people using the Internet? So if somebody wants barbecue, how do we get it to them? And we're testing out ghost kitchens. We're getting ready to open up at Snapdragon Stadium. Hopefully a couple breweries. Nice. Nice. Man, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, you know, you guys, you know how much work we do at the pits to get ready for just the four walls of our restaurant. Yeah. So the idea is how do we use catering and third party delivery to get, you know, more barbecue to more people? And I think to the business. That's yeah, you know, I think we all I think all of us, you know, anyone that's listening to the show, we just need to think about how do we run a more profitable, sustainable business, which you guys have done in 30 years is beyond impressive. I mean, it's it's a testament to your father. It's a testament to your 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 mother. It's a testament to your entire family, everyone that's put their blood, sweat and tears into the business and to the community that supported you. I mean, it is like people that I've had on the show. I very, very rarely have I had anybody that's, you know, two decades into business. You guys are three decades into business. That's a long, long time. <laughs> One quick story, really quick. That Please. just happened to me actually recently. Um, one of our customers walked up to the pass-through window that we had at the restaurant. I was, I was on the line and, uh, and I recognized her, you know, from back in the nineties, you know, and she, and she just was like, Hey, how's your dad? How's your brother? This, you know, we, we, we chatted for a good couple minutes and it was like the coolest thing. Cause she brought her 18 year old son in and she's like, I've been feeding him barbecue for the last 18 years. So Amazing. it's like, it's really, it was really cool to see, you know, her and her kids, you know, they've yeah. been awesome. supporting us for 30 years. You know, I just, I, I loved it. You know, I, I, we love, we love stuff like that. That's you know, so awesome. It's so awesome. You know, it's, it's, it's great. That's, I mean, that's why you we're in the business also, you know, creating well, that relationship and, you know, with, with your customers. I mean, you know, imagine, you know, when you go to a restaurant and they all know you on a first name basis, how cool is that? Yeah. Yep. You know, they want to go, you want to go to that, to those kind of spots, you know? 
and you guys are getting more active on social media. So you're going to be putting recently, more, yeah. more content, more short form video, yeah, Instagram yeah, reels, TikTok. Am I going to get a TikTok account? <laughs> why, why you don't laugh don't laugh you won't, you're not the first guest that i pushed to get a tiktok account <laughs> so we we did a few reels recently and yes realized how important they are because very important i got 300 likes i got 10 yep. views you yes know? and that yes. pushes things so and tiktok is important so we will create that and we'll uh, <laughs> we'll thank you. Well, we're gonna, we're gonna put we're gonna put a link in the show notes, so you guys are gonna have your TikTok account. But once this episode goes live on digital yeah, hospitality, yeah. we'll put a link in the show notes so people can follow you. Okay, um, we've Great. got an incredible community. We've got friends. Uh, if you guys are listening to this show on Wednesdays and Fridays at 10 a.m. Pacific time, we do a clubhouse call. Um, it's on the social app Clubhouse. It's an audio app, but we have restaurant owners, barbecue owners, sales professionals, marketing professionals all over the world that join us. So join us. We'll have you guys on once your episode drops. We'll have you come up on stage. Nice. You guys can answer questions from the crowd, but uh, we'll put links in the show notes at Barbecue House OB. How can people best get in touch with you guys if they have questions or want to come check out the business? Where, where's the business located? Give me so an address. It's in Ocean Beach. It's going to be 5025 Newport Avenue. That's San Diego, California, 92107. Um, you can get a hold of us. Our email is bbqhouse92107 at gmail. Feel free to email us any questions about catering, anything. Um, yeah, we on our, and on the social media and on the Google, just type bbq. So BBQ House OB, that's our Facebook, that's our Instagram, and the OB is there. And TikTok. One day we want that other location. Yes, so. that's right. <laughs> well, we appreciate you guys, Melvin, Davin, you guys, uh, seriously, it's oh, such an honor. And I uh, love what you guys are doing, what you guys are all about, the family. Um, you know, um, big shout out to your dad and to your entire family for what you guys are doing for the community and the barbecue. World. Um, congratulations. I can't wait to see what you build next. If you guys need anything from me, uh, please hit me up anytime. And a uh, big shout out to us foods. Thank you for, Absolutely. for coordinating another incredible family to, to have on the show and to, to share all the secrets of, uh, of how do you stay in business and thrive in business? So, thank you guys. Thank you, Sean. Appreciate you.